Uh, welcome to Christmas Eve. My name is Jesse. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. If you're new or guest, uh, we know you have a choice in Christmas Eve services, and we appreciate you flying with us. So um, we will get into this story uh, in, just a, in just a few moments. But um, how many of you know someone who uses their toothbrush for way too long? Like, raise your hand. Now point to that person. We've all seen it, right? When, when you have a nice, tidy toothbrush, it's, it's standing up straight, and then the bristles like turn into this sort of wild-looking animal that just came out of a windstorm. It's just shooting in all different directions. You wouldn't even like use it to clean your bathtub, but it's sitting there on your sink, and you use that for your teeth. That's kind of like, what's the logic in that? Like, why? They're not that expensive. If you're a kid, you could usually ask for one. Your parents would be happy to get you a new toothbrush. But you kind of let that sit, and we just use it and use it, and you see it. You're not, you probably know it's not a great idea, but you just keep going. Why do we do that? And what do we tell ourselves when we see our toothbrush like that? Gross. Sometimes you do, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you say, it's, eh, it's fine. No. You should get a new one, nah, this one's fine. This one's just okay. And that could be anything sort of in, in, in our lives, right? We have things that are worn out and, and that we've been using too much and it's just time for a new one. Maybe that's an old, old shirt. Anyone have those kind of shirts? That's just time. Someone tells you, get rid of that thing. The sweatpants. Underwear with holes in them. Why do we keep those? Like, get rid of them. It's time. But he's like, that's ah, fine. And, and you kind of begin to live with it just sort of being, being fine. Last year, I made a, a, a move in my dental hygiene journey uh, to something called Quip. Have you guys seen Quip or heard of Quip? Uh, and, and Quip basically is a subscription electric toothbrush. So um, the idea is that every three months, uh, you get this little package, and I'll show you what the toothbrush looks like. Um, this is a Quip toothbrush, and you know, you hit the button, and it buzzes, and you know, do, do that thing. And, um, and so every three months, they send you a package like this, and it has a new uh, brush head in it, and it has a new battery in it, right? So they're saying, this is, this is from the ADA, this is what they recommend every three months. Anyone change your toothbrush out every three months? Yeah, there you go, Shas. But we don't do that, but they say, hey, this is when you should do it. So they say, hey, just sign up for this thing, we will send you a new one every three months, you don't have to worry about it, and we'll take care of it. So I'm like, okay, I'll check this thing out, um, and signed up for it, and like, oh, I, like the, I like the toothbrush, um, like the idea of it. <clears throat> it's inexpensive, it's like $5 a month. And, uh, and I start, you know, I, I start using it and I get my first package in the mail three months later. And I look at the, in the package, like, oh, cool, a new brush head, a new battery. And I look at my one that I was using, I was like, you know what, this one's fine. This one's fine as it is. And I'm thinking, you know what, I could use that AAA battery for something else. Score, right? And, and I sort of like live with that just for a little bit. Like, you know what, I signed up for this thing. The point is to change it out. I might as well change it out. So begrudgingly, I sort of reluctantly replace the battery in the head, and come to find out, wow, much better. It worked faster, it felt better on my teeth. And, and this plan, it kind of helps you from going for too long, but some of us just live with that stuff for too long. We say, it's, it's fine, it's fine, I'll get to it, I'll get to another time. It's, it's, it's just, it's okay the way it is, I'll eventually change it out. And we almost need these moments, hey listen, just do it. The right thing is just to change it out. Don't overthink it, just do it. And the Christmas season, right, the year, year end to the year beginning, it's a really a great time for that. It's a great time to kind of reconsider where you're at, what stuff's going on, uh, a little bit of a checkup, where you're at spiritually, if anywhere, uh, where you're at just relationally, where you're at with your sort of life and, uh, and your peace and contentment, all these sort of things. Where am I at? I've just been living with stuff that I know I need to do work on. I know I need a new star. I know I need to change something. And maybe this is time for that. It's a time to remember this, the story of our faith. 
right? Many of us here have been part of a church or, or churches for some time and have a faith story. And, and it's a time to sort of chart our course forward from this. Christmas is a reminder. Christmas shows up on our doorstep like, hey, you need this right now. I know you think you know the story. I know you think you've been through it before, but we need to do this right now. We need to pause and remember what it's about once a year to say, okay, this is a cool story. This is even, this, this was a new story. It's a new way of doing religion. It's a new way that we relate to the divine. It's tremendous and amazing and spectacular. Even though it happens every year, we kind of rush through and get busy. It's like, man, take a moment and remember. And this is a story in, in, in the text where there's a handful of people. They cared an awful lot about this story. They were wrapped up right in it. You know, Mary and Joseph were in that. They could not help but care. Like they're in deeply involved. And there's a few people we'd see in the text, that they, they kind of care a little bit. Like, oh, that's cool. I, I kind of heard about that thing. We've been thinking maybe something was going to happen. Uh, and there's just some people who knew this story. They heard it. Like, they didn't care. Like, I don't care about the story. Not interested. Some heard this story in the text. They hated this story. They didn't like the idea of it. Like, nope, that is not a good story. Doesn't work for my life. Not going to do it. And honestly, if we lean into this, into the, into the Bible, this moment, this is so, just a commentary on so many of our circles and neighborhoods in our world, there's a whole bunch of people, they had no idea anything was happening at all. And we dive into this moment as this little town in Bethlehem, there's all these people around the world with no idea anything's happening. But Jesus and God, he had this plan and designed it, it's very quiet, it's this very quiet entrance. And so whether you're in a moment right now of expectation, you're trying to just lean into God and trying to understand Jesus, maybe you're in a place of apathy, like, if I'm honest, I just don't care. I just want to get done with this thing, get to dinner, get, get the Christmas Eve thing over with. Maybe you're in a place of sorrow, it's just been sort of lost, or it's been a hard year. Maybe you're feeling good or bad, or you're lost, or you're found. Christmas is for all people at all times. We're going to reread a little bit of the stuff that we read with the kids, and they, they did a better job at it, but I'm going to give it a shot anyway. At the time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns. This is uh, Luke, Luke 2, if you're following along. I think it's in the app or the, uh, if you have a Bible, you can just listen. Everyone should return to their own towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, which he's laying right here, kind of awkwardly. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room at the inn. So the census is being called. Everyone's got to go home. Joseph's from Bethlehem. He's living in Nazareth. It's pretty far. It's like a four or five day journey. This is not easy to do. It's a challenging journey. Uh, let alone with a pregnant wife. And, and Mary really didn't have to go. That was, he could have went and registered his, for his family by himself. But I think she was probably in a place like, hey, you're not leaving me. I am going with you. Wherever you're going, I'm, I'm sticking with you. He's like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And so they start off on this journey. And, they, you know, four or five days, it's probably on and off, you know, a, a donkey, a pack animal, and all these people are back in town because everyone has to be there to do the thing. And, and, and it gets there in, in this time for, to have the baby. And it's this young couple, right? If you can imagine this story a little bit. It's a young couple uh, engaged to be married, recently had their engagement massively disrupted by this news that you're with child from God. And then this angel comes and confirms that. Crazy story. They show up in this little town. Um, you know, very pregnant, done with the journey. And, and it's kind of like, where are we staying? Can you imagine that? Like, where are we staying? Like, pregnant, what, a pregnant, like, fiancé now, 
tired. Hey, like, so where are we staying, Joseph? I mean, have you ever had that fight with your spouse or someone you're with? Like, hey, so what's the plan? And you, like, hope there's a plan, but there kind of wasn't. And this is his hometown, so you have to imagine he probably knew people there. Uh, Jewish people were, were huge on hospitality. I mean, it was, they, they were central to their cultures, bringing people in. And I don't know if he's avoiding people, doesn't want to be with anybody. Maybe some relatives are like, oh, stay with us. Mary's like, we are not staying with them. And they have to go. He's like, oh, no, I'll get a hotel. It's going to be fine. Anyone ever travel? Like, I oh, know, don't worry about putting us up. I will get a hotel. And so I'll get a hotel. And, and she's like, oh, you got a hotel room? Yeah, yes. Goes to Ian, like, oh, they don't have us. They don't have room for us. And there's just a lot of that going on to get to where Jesus enters the store, even though it comes over, you know, a paragraph or so. And the room's booked, and you can just imagine a little bit of despair, disappointment, and we didn't ask for this anyway. Some of us have been there in life, like, I didn't ask for this. Doing the best I can, but I didn't ask for it. And it's just God's story for you right now. And he will take care of you, but it can be a little bit bumpy. And this poor young couple trying to navigate this season, trying to navigate a place to just have their kid in this crazy hometown situation going on. And I have to imagine they're fighting. They're real people. Couples fight in these kind of situations, right? Traveling with your, with your partner, things can get tense when the plans don't come together. This is like the first Christmas Eve fight. And they end up in this really humbling place, and we don't know exactly what it looked. It was some, some kind of place where the animals were probably hanging out, and it was this, maybe a trough or a cave or underneath somebody's house. It was very humbling. And it wasn't easy for them to even get there, but it happened. And he's born in this manger in this little town of Bethlehem, as God's plan said he would be. And it's really cool to see, and if we can go back all the way through the Old Testament, this to see God's plan get worked out, even with all kinds of people getting in the middle of it. Even with all kinds of stuff that could happen, he just keeps moving it along. And things seem like maybe they're getting a little off base. Yeah, he throws some angels in there. That's like the heavy hitter. Like, all right, hold on. Let me make sure this happens. Let me send Gabriel down there. But he gets, he gets people where they need to be. He got his son where he needed to be. He got Joseph and Mary where they needed to be together. And nothing can stop God's plan for you. When God has a plan for your life, he does have a plan for your life. It can't be stopped. When you start stepping out into that, start living that out, seeing what might, might become, it can't be stopped. It may get a little crazy. There may be times where you don't understand how it's going to work out. There may be some no's along the way, like, oh, shoot, the door just closed. But nothing can stop God's plan for your life. That same night, as we heard, the shepherds, they're staying in fields nearby. They're close. They're guarding their flocks of sheep from thieves and wild animals. Suddenly, this angel of the Lord appears to them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, because people are terrified when they see angels. The angel reassured them, as they always do, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby snug, snugly wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, Praising God, saying glory to God in the highest, peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see what this thing is about. Let's see what happened. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. There was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened 
what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Mary kept these things to her heart. Shepherds went back to their flocks, spreading Christmas cheer by singing loud for all to hear. Doesn't really say that. <laughs> so the glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. This is the beginning of good news. Angel shows up. We're scared. Are we in trouble? No, don't be afraid. Good news. We feel like sometimes even some of us today, if God were to show up in your life, you'd be in trouble. Like if you were to close your eyes, like what does God think about me? Oh boy, he's disappointed. He's angry. I admit. That, that's the kind of thoughts we tell ourselves. And God's messenger is like, no, 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 don't be afraid. This is good news. This is a good story. A good story for who? All people. All people. That's the Christmas story. It's good news for all people. People like us, people not like us. People who agree with us, people who don't agree with us. Good news for all people. The divide between God and humankind has been bridged. This is good news. This is revolutionary in the history of all world religion. God has bridged the divide. And when we hear good news, we hope it's true, right? If you hear something, oh, I hope that's true. This, this, this spoke to the, the, the shepherd's heart. I mean, I hope this is true. Let, let's go. If we hear something that's not good news, we hope it's not true. I mean, we want to hope this is true. The shepherds went. This is good news that God does, in fact, love us. He does care about us. He wants to be with us. Man, I want to believe that. I want to hope that that's true. That's good news. Some of you, if you've been around this uh, community, remember my free beer story. And the free beer story was um, essentially, long story medium, I was cleaning out my garage and selling equipment, sporting stuff, just miscellaneous stuff in my garage on Craigslist. And, um, you know, a week or so goes by, I have still have a bunch of stuff, and it's all on my patio. And I'm like, I just got to get rid of this stuff. I didn't really want to drive it somewhere to donate. There were still some good things in it. And I thought, you know what, I want to, if I can get someone to come pick it up, that'd be great. So I go in my, my fridge at home, and I pull out like a bunch of beer. I put the beer on the porch with all this stuff, and put on Craigslist, free beer, must take the stuff. And, and people were super excited about that idea. <laughs> and a lot of people actually wrote back, but they write back, is this real? Is this for real? Are you for real? Because they, they hope that that's true. Free beer, I just have to take some of this stuff? Like, that's good news. Is it real? Can I go, can I go see it? And there's this hope when something is good. Like, let's hope that it's, that it's real. Let's do it. And then, you know, someone came and got it, and they were super excited about it. I don't know what they did with the stuff. It didn't matter, but they had all the free beer. And it's like, well, I don't know. What if it's not there? What if I see this thing? I go, what if it's not there? Well, I don't know. You drove a little bit out of your way, and, and you got mildly disappointed. Whatever. Go back to your life. But what if it is there? Man, then it's amazing. Then it's this awesome gift. And so the shepherds and so many people of this time, they, were, they needed something. They wanted to believe in something good. And that's a shift in our hearts for a lot of us because we just don't really even want to believe that. Because it's good. It's th the news is not like, hey, he's coming and you're all in trouble. Because we feel that way sometimes. No, no, don't be afraid. It's good news for all people. This is something to be excited about. Not just good news, joyfully good news. That's the story. It's, it, it, it should put a smile on our faces. We need that. We need to, we need to live that way. People need it. I was in Target for a second today. Man, you should see the faces on some of these people, maybe some of you people, when you're trying to find that last second gift. 
There was a guy who stood out to me. He was in the women's clothing section. He's probably about my age, and he did not look well. I mean, he was just, I could see it all over his face, and I know what that feels like. I've been there. And he is just, like, hopeless. I mean, it is, it is a scary place to be. Like, that guy needed some good news. He needed someone to say, hey, hey, don't be afraid. I have got the perfect gift for your wife that will bring her great joy. But he needed that kind of news in that moment. Because he's struggling. Some of us are struggling. We're, just, we're trying to do it on our own. We're trying to figure stuff out, and it's hard, and it's depressing, and, and I'm tired, and I'm lost, and like, ah. Oh. So, hey, listen, I got good news. This is great news. It's, it means it's going to be okay. God is he's been paying attention. He's going to be here with us. He's going to show us how to live. He's going to break down the barrier between uh, mankind and, and, the, and the divine. He's going to open that up. He wants to spend eternity with you. This is amazing stuff, even though it might be a little hard now. There's a bigger picture at hand. And the shepherds, they go, see, they're filled with joy. And the shepherds are cool. You know, they, they were working. I didn't just drop, drop whatever they were doing, and they just showed up. They didn't, we don't know that they brought any gifts. It doesn't say that. They didn't bring gifts. It doesn't even say they maybe changed out of their shepherding clothes. They just went. They showed up to be closer, closer to the story, closer to Jesus. The last little group in this story, and we'll kind of skim through this, was, is the wise men. And they're kind of the most mysterious bunch, the magi. We don't know a ton about them. They come from the east. Uh, they were probably a priestly tribe of kind. Uh, definitely revered where they came from and known where they went to. So they show up, these guys, and they're charting the star. And they show up. They don't get there that night. This is probably a couple years later. Jesus at the time, Matthew says... Jesus is in a house by now. He's already kind of gone through some stuff. These wise men show up. They have these gifts to worship Jesus. But they're following this star, and they see this star. And they want to believe in it. Like, man, this is it. Now, for them, they're far off. This is like four months' journey. So they're seeing this star, and they're like, I think that might be it. we got to go find out. I think that's the one. It's the star of David. The Savior is born. And they take time, it costs them money, and they travel and they journey from afar to get there, just to be closer. They see him, they worship, they come back. They have an interaction with Herod, who's the kind of empirical governor of the time, and he hears about it. He's like, I think I saw that star too, but I don't like that. I don't like this idea of a new king coming. I say, they might have both saw the same star. Lots of people might have saw the same star. But it meant different things to different people based on kind of what they were looking for. My, uh, my dad's kind of funny. Some of you know my dad. and He would, I think he might approve of this, but my dad hated Christmas for a long time. Uh, well, I shouldn't say he hated Christmas. He hated uh, Santa Claus, which I think is like Christmas. So when we were kids, I grew up one of five boys, and uh, he just didn't like the commercialization. He was, he was a little bit religious. He would admit that. And he did not like the idea. He did not know how to reconcile all this stuff and Santa with the gospel. And so he just sort of pushed it all the way. And so we were younger. Like it was, I don't know. We were fine. I don't, I'm not complaining about it. But he didn't like it. And it was a known thing. Like Santa was not welcome in our house. Songs of Santa were not welcome in our house. And, you know, as a kid, you love Santa. Santa's great. Kids, you like Santa? He's a good dude. He, he, he's... He's watching. He always is, even when you're asleep. But yeah, so it was kind of like, uh, you know, and I was the oldest of five. 
But it's so funny, my dad, by the time the youngest one was starting to grow up, he's 16 years younger, like my dad would like dress up as Santa Claus. You know, like, you know how that is, like the younger kids, you just change a lot. And you kind of like, it just sort of got closer. How do we bring this thing together? And he would tell the same story. But there's sometimes we get so like caught up in like, how do I, you know, the, the problem with it all and people really care and everyone comes to church on Christmas Eve, whatever, who cares? It's an amazing time. It's an amazing holiday. We get, we're, we're, we're giving each other gifts. We love one another. We're, we're hanging out. This is great. Line in the movie Scrooge, you can see behind me, it's just Christmas Eve, it's just a special moment. Some of us need a special moment right now, just even for, a, even for a 60 seconds. I'm gonna have the band come up, we're gonna, we're gonna light some, get some candles, go and light some candles. And the story of Jesus in this beginning time, and always is, everyone's moving toward Jesus in some way. Right, some of them are kind of closer from the beginning. Some of us have been that way with Jesus. You just, you, you, you've been you know, raised around him. He's just always been around. As, as, as long as you can remember, yeah, Jesus, the Jesus story. You're born and raised in that. Like, he's just there. And others are near. Like You've kind of been around. But man, God's like, ah, I'd love for you to get a little closer. And some are far off. Like You're just, you're way out of the picture. And God's like, awesome. I got all the time in the world. Start moving. Take a step toward me. I don't care if it takes four months or four years or 40 years. I'll be here. And the message of, of Christmas in some ways is that God is drawing near to us and forever draws us closer. He comes near to, to, to dwell with us. And John talks about this idea of him moving into the neighborhood to be close. He's come to be close and he forever calls us closer. And our story of our religion and our divine, of our God, it's not about a God snatching us out of here. It's about a God coming to be with us, God with us. And I think if you want to see God with you in your life, you can. I think sometimes we see what we're looking for. If you want to look for things that are depressing and hopeless and broken, you'll, you'll, you'll see plenty of that. But if you want to believe and have hope, If you want to believe better for yourself and for those around you and that God can be who he says he is, I think we could see that too. Maybe this is a time to take inventory of that just for a moment. Where am I at this year? Where have I been? Where do I want to be? Where am I going? Is my heart full of hope or is it just kind of broken? I think if you want Christmas in your heart, this is a great quote from Roy Smith. Who has not Christmas in his heart will, will nor find it under a tree. Like, if it's not there, you're not going to find it somewhere else externally. And to find Christmas, to find Jesus in this time, you just have to ask. And we're going to take a few moments. We're going to sing. The, the candles is a symbol of light in the darkness. It's hope. It's something still and beautiful. So I'm going to pray for you. We'll uh, kind of get those things lit up in just a moment. God, we thank you for uh, your story, for your son, for your generosity, for your gift. Thank you that you draw us closer, Lord, that you are patient, God. But I thank you that this is good news, that God, you showed up, you do show up. That's good news. That's not something to be afraid of. Pray for those who are just afraid, like, I don't know if I want to be close to God because I'm going to be in trouble. Man, that's not the message. The message is good news. Pray for hope in this season, those with despair, sorrow, hurt, loss. 
People are thinking, man, I can't wait to get through Christmas. I just want to get through it. Lord, maybe take a moment to just pause even tonight. Try to treasure these things in our heart. That there is a God who loves us enough to come dwell with us. He's born in a manger. Dealt with fighting parents. Noisy cows, whatever. Lord, we love you. We thank you.